I speak tonight for the dignity of man and the death. And good morning, ladies and people. Uh, if you're just tuning in, let me tell you what you're tuning into. You know, you'll have the added benefit of knowing what you're listening to, uh, where people who tune in uh, after this won't. They'll be lost. They'll be lost and alone. My name is Tony Visick, and you're listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. Um, joining me in the studio this morning is going to be uh, two great guests. Uh, at 9.30, it will be none other than Jeff Abagov. Jeff is a uh, uh, successful and I believe award-winning uh, screenwriter and uh, television producer. He uh, produced uh, classic Roseanne. We have to say that now because of the, um, the consternation hoo-ha over um, her recent uh, return to television, which um, uh, while I uh, disagreed with her, with her words, I uh, had concerns with the, um, with the censorship. Uh, but anyway, so a lot of people are like, ooh, ooh. but a uh, great show, and uh, he was the uh, uh, EP of that, also of Grace Under Fire. He's also been a co-executive producer of uh, Two and a Half Men and many other shows. He'll be joining us at 9.30 to talk about uh, script, <coughs> to talk about script writing and such. So, um, you want to uh, you want to stick around and listen. Uh, you want to stick around and listen to that. So and then at ten a.m. we have. Hold on, I got a note here. I got to look at the note. Uh, we have. Um, we're going to be talking about the uh, benefits of uh, uh, addiction and rehab uh, with uh, uh, a very wonderful person uh, who I'm going to tell you more about at center there. And we're going to be talking with uh, someone uh, named Lance. So um, we'll be doing that at 10 a.m. So uh, stick around for all of that. You know, and you may have heard um, a little um, change in my voice there for a second. Uh, Sometimes ghosts get in the machine here, and uh, I got blasted through the ears with a uh, like a guitar strum, like bam, 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 bam. And it kind of messed me up. So I don't even have my headphones on right now. So there. You know, the weird thing is when you're wearing headphones, you feel like you're talking to people. Uh, that are not in the room. And when you have the headphones off, you just feel like you're talking to yourself. So now I feel like I'm back talking to you. Uh, all right, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to call Jeff Abagov because he's home waiting. He's going, hey, what's going on? Hold on, I got to, uh, probably got to turn that on. There. Am I hearing the rings? Hello? Are you there? Uh, wait, am I? Am I? Yes, it turns out I am. I had you muted. I, uh, you have me muted? I, no, I don't have you muted now. I had you muted right when I called. I didn't realize I had the mute button on. Ah. And by, by I don't mean mute button that, you know, it, like, uh, that it's a button with a picture of someone with no mouth. I mean, um, it's just a button. It's a nondescript button. Okay. That's why it's hard to uh, know it's on or off because it, it doesn't really stand out. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Technology is starting to take us for granted. You know, technology is, um, it is. Technology, I'll tell you right now, buddy, technology is just a booger. It's just a booger. It's taking over everything. It's just a what? It's a booger. A burger? Like a hamburger, cheeseburger? You know what, dude? I'm going to say this to you on air because I love you. You need to have a hearing (laughs) test. (laughs) 
no. I heard that. <laughs> you heard that. <laughs> Why is it that people with hearing problems only hear when you go, hey, I think you have a... Someone with a hearing problem, you go, what? What? Huh? Huh? You go, I think you have a hearing problem. They go, don't insult me. Why is that? That's one of the miracles of life. Well, it's, it's actually not so much my hearing problem as your articulation problem. Oh, I articulate. It, it, it's not that I don't hear you. It's just like, you know, I don't understand the words you're saying. Well, that has to do with your education. Um, before we uh, continue this, uh, this, uh, uh, <laughs> this fun conversational interlude we're having, I should tell people, with, uh, are you okay? I heard a cough. You should, you should tell them, are they okay? No, no, no. Are you, have you started smoking? No, I just coughed. It sounded like a smoker's <laughs> cough, i got to be honest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it, well, it's not. on the line with me right now, uh, and we're glad to have him here because uh, he's a heavy smoker and he's hard of hearing. So um, <laughs> none other than uh, screenwriter, television producer, and novelist Jeff Abagov. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Anthony. That was your official. How are you? Good. I want to tell people this, too, uh, before we move forward. And uh, we've been telling people this over the summer. But right now, uh, people are getting to the, um, the end of summer. And there, a lot of people have been on vacation, getting ready to go on vacation. People who kept putting it off, they're going, we, we got to go before, before fall kicks in. If you're looking for a great summer read, if you go into the beach, if you're going to be taking the kids to an amusement park, uh, if you're going to be taking a wife to the store and you want to sit in the car and you're looking for something to read. Uh, Jeff's written two great novels. They're not just summer reads, but they are great summer reads. And they are uh, zombies versus aliens versus vampires versus dinosaurs and time travel for love and profit. Jeff, and uh, um, let me know if I'm correct in saying this. You can, you can order them on paperback from Amazon. Is that correct? You could order them on paperback or ebook. Both. Ebook. That's what I, is it Kindle anymore? Do people use Kindle? Kindle is one device. Like if you order it, um, if you order the ebook and you have you want it sent to your Kindle, it goes to your Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, it could go to your computer. It could go to your um, pad. It's so ebook is like electronic book is the thing. Kindle is one of the devices you could read it on. It's not like this whole like Amazon Apple thing where some music you can only get on Apple, so they want you to buy a their Apple download thing. It's not like that. No, they'll send if you you know you sign up and they'll you'll tell them um, you know which device you want it sent to, and that's where it goes. All right, there. So you can order the books and you can get you can hold them in your hand. I was at my doctor's yesterday and we were talking about. He was telling me about the benefit. One of my doctors, I'm at the point in life where I have several, um, and he would tell me the benefit of actually reading a book book where you're holding your hand and turning a page. Uh, one of the big benefits uh, is that a lot of people read at night, they're finished with their day, and then they decide to read. He goes, one of the benefits of uh, reading a book as opposed to reading on your phone, he said the blue light messes with your melatonin, in a phone and makes it more difficult for you to fall asleep. Whereas when you're reading, you'll read until it's time for you to go to sleep and you'll, you'll fall asleep at a natural time. 
Well, they have different Kindles that have different lights. I have, like, the one I have, and I don't remember what number it is. It's pretty old. But it looks like a, like, the screen looks like a book. So it's not bright at all. The downside is you can't read it in the dark. It doesn't glow. So he's talking about the ones that you can read in the dark that glow. Um, Now, the the disadvantage of a Kindle is unless it's a book that you purposely get because of a famous author, you tend to forget the author's name because you open the Kindle and it opens to wherever you left off. So you're halfway through the book, you're really enjoying it, you recommend it to a friend, and they say, oh, who wrote it? He says, oh, I, don't, I, I don't remember the guy's name. Whereas if it's a book book, every time you pick it up, the author's name is in your face. You know, the, the other thing, I, here's, there was a time where if you walked in someone's house and there was a, in their study, I don't know anybody, I don't think I've ever known anybody who's had a study. Let's go talk in the study. Uh, but in, in a, often a separate room, but even in a living room, there'd be, um, there'd be rows of books and they used to give you the, um, the information it sent to your brain was, this is an intelligent person. Now the information it sent someone's brain is this person is old. So, um, <laughs> in, in my, in my, in my, in my study, in the room, uh, where we're broadcasting from right now, I have, it's chock full of books and actually, um, albums so someone would walk in here and go we've we've fallen through a time portal but um, <laughs> that you can't lend no, it. my before I, before i moved here so prior to november was when i started to move i moved in december um i had exactly that kind of room just wall-to-wall books when i moved here which is a way cooler place but also a smaller place i didn't have space for them so I gave them to charity. Like I kept on about 20, but the rest I gave to charity and feel good about that. And what's she doing with them? Oh, uh, really? Uh, you know what? It popped in my head. <laughs> popped in my head. I, I, I have this belief that the joke must be serviced. Any joke that you hold back on, you know, I'm not going to tell that joke. It's, it's like addiction. It's going to come out someplace else. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's probably true. The joke must okay. be serviced. That's all. You know, it's like when, <laughs> when somebody says, you know, something that's such a uh, over the top double double entendre that, you know, uh, something you're gross in nature. You cannot say it because you go, I'm above it. But you thought it. So you're not. So um, you might as well service the joke and move on. Um, OK, fair enough. You know, the other the other the other issue with uh, and I, I do a lot of reading on my phone. I do. And by the way, just going back for a sec to that joke. Yes. Most people, if they would say, would have said that joke, I would have like politely smiled since it's a phone call, given like a polite kind of thing. I just have like really high expectations from you. So it was like from, from an amateur, sure. But from you? So take the insult as a compliment. Yeah, well, you know what I always tell people? The best way to get along with me is to lower your expectations. So uh, they go, I, expect, I expected so much more from him to go, yeah, but now that we know him, you know, it's okay. Um, <laughs> well, in all things except comedy, how's that? Here's, here's the other issue. There, you know what? I just, I just raised expectations by pronouncing it like a British person. The other issue 
is um, you cannot lend. So you come over to my house and you see that I've got sitting right here staring at me right now. I can see uh, three books and one is uh, When to Rob a Bank, Iron Weed, and The Essential Lenny Bruce. I can, because okay. I don't have them in sideways. They're sitting out front for some reason. Uh, but if someone came over, I could go here. Do you want to read a good book and lend you the book? Although I wouldn't lend out the essential Lenny Bruce because I never get it back and it's rare and out of print. So, yeah, I, I, whenever I used to lend out a book, I would assume I was not going to get it back. And there, there was one book I really like. If it was a book like I really liked, I would always have two copies. Yeah. The moment I say, oh, this is a this is a great book. They're gonna someone would say, oh, can I borrow? And I go, damn, why did I bring this up? Of course you can. So I give them the one copy, and then I buy a second copy. So I always would have two just in case I lend it out and it goes out of publication. Well, I, I'm going to admit right now that uh, my entire uh, library, which uh, in my home of books, made up about I'd say 500 books, is all books that I borrowed and haven't returned. So. Uh, I've never bought a book. I just go, hey, can I borrow that? And I never, and then what, I don't even return phone calls. I'll change my address. And people go, I, I'd like to get that book back. Again. Okay, that's a good question. Which are you more apt to return, a book or a phone call? <laughs> uh, neither. So, uh, <laughs> uh, probably a, yeah, a phone call. You know, I like a book. That, that requires a phone call. I just press in some di- digits, you know, or just even now go, mm-hmm. I'm in the car going, call Jeff home. So that's, we, we've become like cavemen in our cars. You don't go, you don't go, I don't go, uh, I don't dial Jeff Abagov, you know, 1818, blah, 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 or 1310, whatever. You go, Call Jeff home. Okay. <laughs> I mean, don't you have that? Don't you have where you have someone, you have their cell phone and their home phone? Yeah. And if you're going to call from the vehicle? And you're going to call yeah. hands yeah, no, free? I, I know what you're talking about. All right, fine. You know what? Right. <laughs> I'm following. You know, it was my birthday this week. You should be nice to me. <laughs> you articulated properly on I, that one. Yeah, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> get the beans out of your ears. That's how you know you're old. Get the beans out of your ears. You start saying things okay, that, like that. That predates me. Was that an expression once? Uh, a lot of things predate you, you youngster. Beans? So, beans. Like, what did people have? Why did were people putting beans in their ears in the first place? You no, know, I don't. I, I, can I? I'm going to be. I'm going to be frank with you. I don't know. And it used to be something that I wanted to know, but then I moved on in life, and I no longer was concerned with it to the point of uh, consternation. Yet still know it. There was even a song, uh, a novelty song in the uh, early to mid '60s called "You You Have to Speak Up." I have beans in my ears. Beans in my ears. Beans in my ears. I remember from when I was a little boy. You know, there's a sad part of that is probably in the 60s, it would have been difficult to find out. Now that you don't care, you just you could just Google it in like a minute. You could. And go, oh, that's why. That's, but now you don't care. That's a, so, th- so when you cared, they made it difficult to find out. And as soon as you stopped caring, they said, okay, let's make it easy for him now. It wasn't difficult to find out. It's it was a conspiracy. It was usually... It was usually in a book you had, but you lent it to someone and they wouldn't give it back. So, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, that's the other, th- there's another thing. You know, what's bothering me? I'll tell you what's bothering me. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little cantankerous today. Kids today with their hair and their music. Yeah, yeah, and their, and their pants, which are either too loose or too tight. 
So, um, <laughs> you know, and the way they, they walk around and breathe and can do things <laughs> I can't. Um, no respect. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't. I'm standing there. I'm out there in my, my underwear with my shirt pulled up or my belly button, drink a can of beer, and they don't respect me. They show no respect. I had to walk 80 miles in the snow to get to school. They just Google it. You know, on that... I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I used to have... I, on occasion, would walk two miles to school in the snow. And I can actually say that. I used to walk two miles. But the little secret is, there was a bus that would pick me up about less than... About an eighth of a mile from my house. But if I took the bus, I couldn't get high on the way to school. So, um, I think when you dig in... You were getting high in the morning? Yeah. In wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course. That's when you get high. That sets your day. Okay. I'm going to be high all day. Why would I get high at night? Look, if I get high, look, first off, drugs are expensive. Okay? Maybe where you came from, maybe they were all subsidized with Canadian communist stuff. But here in America, drugs were expensive. So if I said, let's say I went to bed at 10, which I never do, but if I went to bed at 10 and I took him at 8 p.m., that means two hours of high. But if I take him at 8 a.m., 14 hours of high. But get my money's worth, Jeff. 14 hours? It was good stuff in those days. Maybe your American pot lasted longer, but I don't recall any joint lasting 14 hours. Well, we would put other things in that joint, so um, okay. we were spiking it with... Anyway, here's my question anyway. of the day for you as a writer. Okay. I have a question. I was waiting for one. <laughs> no, I don't think you were. You were just sitting there going, hey, I'm talking. Um, here's my question. So today, okay, and this is a real question. Today, I didn't feel like doing anything. I still don't feel like doing anything. Uh, I... Uh, and, I, I'm glad we're doing the show, but before I did the show, I go, I, I don't feel like doing the show. I don't feel like doing anything. I, don't, I, I have a show tonight. They're doing a big uh, roast of me. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going, I don't want to do that. I was, not, I was not in the mood. However, like you, uh, my income, my livelihood is derived from uh, self-starting. You know, I, I go, I don't feel yeah. like doing it. And sometimes when I don't feel like doing something... Uh, I can let that infect the way that I'm doing it. Like I could have, I could have blew up this podcast. Not with you. I wouldn't have done. I would have called you up and go, "Hey, it's just not going to happen today, man." But uh, but I could have blew up this podcast. You can blow a lot of things up because your mood or your attitude. Uh, so as a writer, as is primarily a writer, although you've done a lot of the great things. Do you encounter that? You go, I don't want to do anything. But in the back of your head, go, if you don't do it, then you're not going to, there will be no money. There will eventually be no food in the fridge because this is your job. How do you deal with that? Or have you encountered that? Okay. Well, again, as I often answer your questions, there's, you know, work for hire and work for spec. Yeah. Okay. So cool. um, when it's work for hire, you know, you have to be at the, your boss says be at the studio at 10 or 10.30 or 11 or 9 or whatever time it is. You have to keep going like any other job. Um, once you're there, like, or when you're writing on your own, which is what I'm doing now, um, 
yeah, you kind of have to force yourself often if that really is your mindset. Um, you know, step one, just get your ass in the chair. Get your ass okay. be there. Um, you know, put down the device or turn off the TV or whatever you're doing um, and just get your ass in the chair. But if you really feel like that, often the stuff you come up with isn't that good. Then again, once you're there and you're doing it anyway, it might start being good and then you're into it again. That, so That is one of the most difficult things. For, I'll tell you this, as someone who um, uh, usually on, on, my, on my desk uh, in the morning, there's a list. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in a, a, making a list of no longer of uh, no more than 10 things a day. You know, and that's down to, you know, go to the grocery store. Uh, right. You know, but no more than 10 because it comes overwhelming. And being satisfied with seven, not overjoyed with seven. If you get seven of them done. But one of the issues is as I'm into something, because I use my phone for so many things, my phone can just pull me away. I'll be casting something. I'll be promoting a show. You know, I'll be uh, uh, doing the groundwork for for uh, a future project, you know, that I have to start. And then my phone will be popping. And then I find myself going to my phone, going, I'll just check this one thing, and then going down that rabbit hole for 15 minutes. So when you sit down to write, is it like no phone time? How do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, I don't, I don't answer the phone. But you're aware of the phone. Yes, and I ignore it. And if it's important... They'll leave a message. And, and, and that's, that's, and I, I'm not asking this as a, but, but I mean, it's like, it's like treating it like a job. If you're, if you're a doctor and you're in the middle of surgery yeah. and they say, oh, um, Tony's on the line. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm in the middle of surgery. Tell him I'll call him back. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you able, so a lot of, but, but even if you have a job, like, you know, when I was working in TV and there'd be a call and, you know, pre-self, like, um, on a lot of shows, you're not even allowed to bring the cell phone into the room, but, um, so someone would, an assistant would come in and you'd say, you have a call and 90% of the time you say, I'll call back. If it happens to be like some kind of urgent thing, you say, you tell your boss, sorry, I got to take this. You do that too often and you're not in the room, you get fired. So, I mean, it's just like, treat it, treat yourself, half of yourself as an employee and the other half as your boss. You know, I just, I, I just thought of what might be like a funny sketch as you were telling me that. So there's people sitting in a room around a table. It could be a writer's room or anything in a boardroom. And there's, and everybody goes, we're not bringing our phones in. And you tell the assistant uh, if, if it's something important, but otherwise than that. Or, you know, you, anyway, the assistant sticks her in the door and goes, you have a call. And you go, no, no calls right now. And they come in later, the assistant sticks her head in and goes, uh, you have a text. You go, uh, no, no text right now. And a third time they go, uh, you have a really cool video of like a cat fighting a uh, monkey. Go, okay, I, I, got, I got to see that. Hold on, we got to hold on, everybody. That is, that is pretty good. That is pretty good. So especially when, you, when you're um, doing what you and I are both doing right now, which is in a sense self-employed, which is my favorite kind of employed, by the way. Uh, you have to instill your own discipline or you're not going to 
It's not that you're not going to succeed. You're just simply not going to finish. Right. Right. And, and sometimes it's hard. I mean, we're talking about it. You do it. We both do it. Sometimes it's hard, especially when you both don't feel like doing it and you're stuck. Like yeah. if you don't feel like doing it, but you know the next thing you have to do. So it's just sitting there. Just go there. Just start. Okay, I'll do it in an hour, whatever. But if it's, or you're like really excited about it and it makes you want to do it. Like, gee, how's that going to work? But if you're both in that mood of you don't feel like working and you're a little lost, yeah, that's a double whammy. That's when you really have to just say, get your ass off the couch and into your office. Get out on the street, man. I want to ask you one final question. Um, And here it is. A lot, it's one of my theories is the reason a lot of people don't finish things because they're afraid, uh, they're afraid that it'll be rejected. I'm going to write this whole screenplay and then no one's even going to read it. Might as well get, might as well just go out and, you know, walk around. So they don't finish things because they've already projected some sort of failure. So uh, have you ever finished, (laughs) have you ever finished anything and looked at it and went, this is garbage, and then not shown it to anyone? No. I, I mean, in terms of spec work, every now and then I get to a point long before finishing going, no, this isn't as good as I thought it would be, and I stop. That happens. Uh, also, things that I write, that I've written, that I happen to come across, you know, years or decades later, and I go, oh, yeah, this, this is really good. And I start reading it and go, like, what was I thinking? <laughs> and what was wrong with all the people who said, who loved it? Like, <laughs> I remember people loving this. What was wrong with them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I came across a bunch but of... No, but but to answer your question, no, I've never gotten to the end. Well, again, works for hire, sometimes it's like, you know, there were in times, you know, you call your boss and like, this isn't working. Can we come in and discuss it? And you're told, look, we don't have time. Just do your best. Get it in. Uh-huh. And you do your best. But, you know, well, gee, it's, there's something wrong with it. And I didn't have time to figure out what. But in terms of spec work, yeah, I have tons of unfinished stuff. Um, <laughs> all right. You know, every time I start talking to you and we start talking about this stuff, I go, I, I could be here three hours. I have uh, I have something I I'm kind of on a hard break, but you're gonna be back a, uh, not next Friday but a, uh, two weeks from this Friday, and I'm I'm asking Shirley to remember uh, where we were in the conversation. I'll remember you do too because the other questions. The final question though, have you ever once you've created something primarily as a writer, and you've handed the script off and you're watching the actors? do the script, because that's you primarily write that, except now with your two novels, uh, Time Travel for Love and Profit and Zombies versus Aliens versus Vampires versus Dinosaurs. Have you ever been watching the actors and had a Kenny Mars from the producers moment where you're going, what is this baby? The producers, the, the few have never said baby. Have you ever watched actors just massacre what you've written? Sure, but I've also had the opposite where you go, yes, I, yes to the first question, but the opposite is like, wow, this is so much better now than what I wrote. <laughs> so you have, you have both. 
um, where, you know, they come in and they do their thing. And sometimes it's like, oh, my God. And other times it's, oh, my God. As a writer, once you hand it off, you know, in in that way, do you just kind of go, all right, let it go now, and that's in their hands? No, because in TV, for much of the career, I was also a producer, so I could, you know, talk to them or talk to the director and, you know, try to get it. I mean, TV is very collaborative in that way, so I would try to get it, get them to do it. Um, if, If I didn't, if I thought they were doing it wrong, try to get them to do it the way... I intended, and sometimes they can't. Sometimes, you know, a great actor is just like, um, you know, has like 99 skills, but not 100. 99 and it's skills. Like, oh, this is it. <laughs> 99 red stalloons. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so, I mean, um, you, yeah, I mean, for much of the career, you'd, you'd work with them, you try to get them to do it, and if you just saw, gee, they're not going to nail this, you change it. Okay, then I, I got one other, uh, one other final question, but we're going to talk about it off the air, okay, and then we'll, and maybe we'll come mm-hmm. back. But did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did. Did you like it? I did. All right, good. Let's leave it there. We'll talk about it um, uh, off the air uh, sometime over the weekend, and then we'll revisit it when uh, you come back two weeks from today, okay? Absolutely. All right, Jeff. Jeff, Abagab, ladies and gentlemen, put it there. Do that. Man, if the dog. Thank you very much, and now I'm going to go, and now I'm going to go procrastinate. All right. Don't put that off. (laughs) Talk to you later, pal. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, cool. Uh, uh, We're going to wrap it up. Wrap it up. I'll take it. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we had a uh, whiz-bang of a morning. I, I wasn't in the mood to do this this morning. You know what? And one of the issues with being uh, totally self-employed is you can go, I'm not doing that today. You know? Uh, sometimes you go, I have nothing to say. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I do. I, I move myself forward. But today was one of the days I, I had to give myself a little extra push. And I'm darn glad I did because I had a great time talking to you. Uh, talking to Jeff, talking to Lance, hanging out here with my wife, uh, in my house, reaching out to the entire world. All the world has to do is let me in. Let me in, world. World, let me in. Hey, come out tonight to the roast, ladies and gentlemen. Big roast, 7.30 p.m., Tempe Center of the Arts, the roast of Tony Fizzik. You, If you wonder, if, and then you'll see real comedy. The only real comedy in town this week. Tempe Center of the Arts, 7.30. Tickets as low as eight bucks. For my producer, happens to be my wife, Shirley Lovisic, for the entire crew, which my name is Tony Visick. Bye bye. <laughs>